llegar el gol del Arsenal Ozil. Marca Mesut Ozil. Ojo que llega de nuevo con peligro el Arsenal. Chamberlain, el centro de Chamberlain. No, el disparo, gol. En un minuto, dos goles. 0-2. This is Arscast Extra. Hello there, welcome to another Arscast Extra, as always, with James from Gunner Blog. Goodly, I don't know what to do here now. This is confusing to me. It is confusing, yeah. I mean, it, it won't make it much difference to the listeners, presumably, but for us, it's a discombobulating experience. It is, because we're, normally we're, we record in the morning and I can say goodly morning to you, but this is not the morning. It's almost, well, it's, it's approaching evening on Sunday. Uh, but do we keep up the charade of pretending to do it? No, I don't know. I don't know what to do now. Well, I guess people might still be listening in the morning. They so we will? can still wish them a goodly morning. It's well, just me. Yeah. Well, goodly afternoon to you. I just Thank opened you. a beer. And uh, goodly, goodly morning to everybody else, unless the people who are listening to this are listening in the afternoon. And then this is, well, the whole thing is fucked then. It is. Uh, but look, you're doing the podcast and you're having a beer at mm. 10am or whenever we normally record. That would, that would be deemed inappropriate. It would be deemed inappropriate, but it wouldn't necessarily stop me. No, Just that's saying. true. That's true. That's the only the first time we've heard about it. Yes. Um, okay, well, look, here we are then of an evening. As we're talking, Manchester United and Chelsea are playing at Stamford Bridge. I'm watching. I have it on a little streamy doodah here down the bottom. I'm hoping that certainly there'll be some, some injuries, some red cards, uh, a bit of violence. Uh, who knows? Um, but so far, not much of that has happened. So, okay, well, keep keep me up to date as it, as it goes along. I will, I will. Anything exciting that happens, I will let you know first thing. Um, and we're just coming off the back of... Uh, uh, what do they call it? Big word begins with W, I think. I've, I've, uh, we, 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 we... Wick, victory, victory. Wick, wick, it's almost... Uh, wi- win, win, win. We won a game. We won, hurrah, in the league for the first time since January the 2nd. Oh, blimey. That's some time, isn't it? Some time's gone by. A full a month and a bit. Yeah. Now, I know we had that game against uh, Burnley in the FA Cup, which which was also a, wi- a victory. A very a nice victory. Very nice victory. Yeah. Is that how Louis van Gaal says victory? Would he say I victory? I imagine so. Yeah. I imagine so. Yeah. His big potato head. Yeah, except he would say, like, victory! Like that. Yeah. He speaks like a man who sort of wants to be made into a vine, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden, he's 60-whatever years of age, and he's just realized that his entire purpose of being put on the earth was to speak in a way that is perfectly captured in six-second videos on something that wasn't uh, even invented when he was born. It's amazing. He's he's embraced the power of social media. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But no, we won a game. I I mean, it's a strange and unfamiliar feeling. I don't know about you, in the league at least, I'm, I'm unsettled by it. More so than recording in the afternoon. <laughs> well, I have to say, I quite like it. I like it. It's good. I could get used to it. I yeah. could get used to it. You know, it felt, it felt. I won't say routine, but after we'd gone 2-0 up, and even though Bournemouth had a, a good good second half, I thought, in fairness, um, they, they did try, but you, you, we were never really under any genuine threat. I never felt like a game that we were going to lose, and uh, even if I would have, liked another goal just to make it even more secure uh you know i'm happy enough with with taking three points i mean was that as good as we could expect after what three games without scoring and and having not won since january the second it was really all about getting a win one way or the other however we did it 
that's it. It's not. It wasn't so much the case that I never felt that. Oh well, sooner or later, some team's going to be on the end of a hiding. You know, I think we just need to build our confidence back up. Mm. And a win like this, we scored some goals. We didn't concede any goals. I mean, look, that's a formula I'm, I'd be happy to stick with. Yeah. Oh, I found a crisp. Where is the is the obvious question to ask? Uh, on the desk here in front of me. Mm. Interesting. It's um, interesting. Uh, uh, pepper and salt type crisp. It's good. I hope it's a crisp anyway, and not, you know, a, a scab or something. But anyway, um, <laughs> um, I, I mean, did you leave crisps there, or is it naturally occurring? Has it grown there? What what was happening? No, no, I did. I had I had some crisps uh, earlier, and uh, okay. I think I must have just so, you know wandered off without one. So, so the crumbs that you left behind have have well, no, it into was, this it was larger crisp. No, it was actually a, quite a big crisp. Um, I don't know how I didn't see it. I know. Mm. But what was the last thing you said about... Yeah, what was the last thing you said? Oh, oh, Diego Costa's very angry. He's very angry. He's having a chat with Michael Oliver. John Terry's having a chat with Michael Oliver. Sesk is having a chat with Michael Oliver. Diego Costa's still really angry. I don't know why. that counts as news, though, does it? No. He's perennially angry, that man. He's claiming somebody did something to him. That's what he's saying. Uh, Do you know what I think happened? I'm not watching the game. I reckon he actually did something to someone else. Yeah, no, actually what happened was he won a header and uh, headed it over the bar and there was some close attention from a defender. I think it was um, Daniel Blind and uh, he's claiming that his shirt was being pulled, which of course it probably was, but you know, there you go. Ah, uh, well. But no no violence yet, but it's it's brewing. It's brewing. Early days. Early, Early days. days on the violence front. So what was the last thing you said about football, that thing that we should be talking about? That I liked it, and I liked what happened when we scored goals and the other team didn't, and then we were awarded points on that basis. Yes. We'll discuss the goals now in a couple of moments, because they were good goals, and I think they merit some, some discussion and some analysis. But let, okay. me, let, me, let me talk a little bit to you about Matthew Flamini. Ah. <laughs> Matthew Flamini. Um, what, what did you make of that challenge? I thought it was crazy. I can still hear you with the crisp, by the way. Sorry, I can tell still that was the last bit. It's fine. I'm I'm jealous. That's why I'm putting it out. Yeah. Um, I thought it was, well, it was a crunching tackle, wasn't it? I mean, Well, it to, was a to, crunching tackle, thankfully, only on the ball. Yes, exactly. Um, to borrow a sound effect from the crisp. But I, I think it was ludicrous. Mean, what was it, nine minutes in? Yep. Eight yep. minutes, nine yep. minutes. And I think... He was very fortunate indeed not to be given a red card. Yeah, I think, but perhaps just that little bit of distance between uh, him and the the opponent is what saved him. But that little bit of distance is what makes that particular challenge and the style of that challenge even more fucking stupid than it was. Or that, you know, it just, it's absolutely ridiculous to make a challenge like that. Absolutely. And as Arsenal fans, you know, I think I've made this point before, but we know that more than most because we've seen players hurt by yeah. that kind of risky challenge. And um, I thought he was very lucky to sell the pitch. And that, I suppose, is one of the one of the problems of Flamini, isn't it? Is that he has moments to these, he is prone to these moments of yeah, but you, decision making. Yeah, sure. But you know what? You know when he did it? Oh, oh nearly a goal. Uh, De Gea made a good save there from a, a Matic header. Um but you know what? The first thing that fucking went through my mind when he did that um, was, oh, well, first I was going, oh, shit, he's going to be sent off. And then I was relieved that he wasn't. But then I was thinking, well, why is it you would do that 
when there's absolutely no need to do it. But when Willian is standing in front of you, you won't even take a yellow card with a cynical sort of a foul. You know, he could have held him up in midfield that, in the Chelsea game that would have prevented the ball going through. And, you know, obviously we know Mertesacker was sent off. So why yeah. is it when he could have made a stupid challenge or what could be considered a, a, a foul... He doesn't, and then in this situation, he's like, well, fuck, eight minutes in, and we're a team that's really struggling for form. We haven't scored in three games. I know what will get us going. I'll jump in two-footed. I mean, what the fuck is he thinking? I would love to know. I would love to know. Maybe he's thinking about his billionaire business idea. Maybe he's thinking about his blossoming relationship with Meza Ozil. Did you watch that interview on Sky Sports with I, those two before I, the game? I didn't. I saw... I saw a word of it on uh, the Sky Sports website, I think, and then I thought right. to myself, do I want to watch this? And I said, no, I don't. Sure, sure, fair enough. Well, how I mean, was it? Uh, I mean, it's always nice to see people in love. Um, <laughs> but it is, you know, it's beauty's in the eye beholder, you know, but for me, I can't really see what Ozil sees in Flamini, but obviously there's a, a real bond there. Well, listen, um, I'm, I'm a big fan of Mesut Ozil, but, you know, he's not... I wouldn't say that he himself is, you know, the most eye-catchingly handsome fella, you know. No, it, sure. Out of the two of them, I'd say probably, you know, Flamini's the, the one that's taken a, you know... Flamini's the looker of the yeah. pair. I guess so. But, I mean, um, yeah, it was a crazy thing to do, and I, I can't possibly explain it. Uh, but then there's lots of things about Flamini I can't really explain. Well, here's is- another thing I couldn't explain, is why in the 27th minute he went in sliding at full pace on one Bournemouth player, I can't remember which guy it was. Thankfully, <laughs> he missed everybody. He missed the Bournemouth player, he missed, you know, everything. But had he connected... Uh, with, with with the player there, that was a that was a fucking second yellow, no question. I mean, what was what the fuck is he on about? I mean, the only thing I can think is that he loves programs about property because at BBC One at the time we kicked off was an hour long edition of Homes Under the Hammer, mm. followed by Escape to the Country. Meanwhile, on Channel Four, I'm just looking. At one thirty pm started location 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 i wonder if he was thinking i'm so desperate to watch these programs about people trying to buy a house that i can't pitch any longer i've got to get off and load up my television and enjoy these property shows mm, maybe that's what it is there was a little moment there where your connection went blah, 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 blah. so uh, people can people can make their own minds up as to what it was you said there well, let me tell you what I said was very important and yeah. definitely true do you think perhaps there was an element of you know he loves Arsenal so much that he's going well if Arsene Wenger won't drop me I'll uh, you know I'll take one for the team here you know, in the long I, run. <laughs> possibly. I mean, yeah, a three-game ban would have really sorted out some of the selection issues. Yeah. I I, I don't know. I mean, I'll be honest, when we went 2-0 up, I was thinking, wow, a late second yellow for Flamini. It wouldn't be the, it wouldn't be the worst thing <laughs> in the world. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, why do you think he started? Purely a fitness thing, would you say? Or? I, I guess. I, I'm imagining that he doesn't quite think Coquelin is ready and he might want Coquelin for... For Bournemouth or for um, for Leicester next weekend, and he thinks, well, this is Bournemouth, and maybe we can get away with with Flamini and Ramsey. And you know, to be fair, we did. Um, that was proven to be the case. 
uh, you know, it wasn't uh, it wasn't ideal. Uh, I think what he did throughout the game was generally fine, you know, in terms of his his passing and and everything else. But you know, he's a guy who couldn't make a tackle from the eighth minute onwards. Mm. Um, you know, so it was yeah, it was a. I just don't quite understand what he was thinking. You know, a guy of his experience, he's not twenty two years of age. He's he's nearly thirty two years of age, and he should be he should know better than that. And he should be, you know, he didn't get a second yellow. He came close, I think. But, yeah, anyway, look, we I mean, won that, in, in spite of that, thankfully. Exactly, exactly. Mm. We got there in the end. Yeah. And as you said, two lovely goals. Yes, Aaron Ramsey, um, who, as part of this partnership, obviously has struggled a little bit in recent weeks. But I thought this was Ramsey's best game for quite a while, uh, involved in, yeah. in both the goals, the cross, Nice nod back from from Giroud, and then, uh, well, a really nice finish from from Ozil. Emphatic finish, wasn't it? I mean, I didn't see that coming necessarily from him on his on his weak foot as well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, it was good. Good goal that, um, and then a goal from from Oxlade Chamberlain. His first in the league for about eighteen months. Is that right? Apparently so. His first ever away from home. Wow, that is something. I mean, yeah. that's. What he did is absolutely what we're all crying out for him to do, isn't it? And that he doesn't do nearly often enough to yeah. get in on that overlap and, you know, finish clinically. It was a really excellent finish right across the goalkeeper and off the far post. Brilliantly taken goal. And I thought it, the decision to start with him was interesting as well. I mean, Arsene spoke before the game. He was interviewed by Sky and said, oh, it was a decision made based on his form. He's in good form. But he didn't figure against Southampton, if I'm right. I think he was no, he was yeah. bench. Yeah. Um, so he must have been showing something in training and uh, that selection obviously paid dividends. Yeah, I mean, I don't think his overall game was particularly great, but it's felt for a while like he's a guy who needs something to sort of spark him back into life a little mm. bit, no? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, you know, he's been in the doldrums. But mm. there was an assist against Bournemouth, wasn't uh, Not Bournemouth, against uh, Burnley. Burnley? It, yeah, that's it. He set up Alexis goal with a decent cutback. So maybe, you know, some signs that a bit of productivity is happening there. I agree about Aaron Ramsey. I thought he was really good at trying to make things happen in the middle of the park, covered a lot of ground, and he was constantly looking for that clip ball over the top. I think he it was it was quite intelligent at times, and that's actually how we got the first goal from that Giroud knockdown. So um yeah, I uh, I was impressed with him despite his his partner's antics. Mm. Uh, do you think uh, do you think what Flamini did today will have an impact on on what team he selects uh, against Leicester? I mean, it strikes me that you know if you're going up against this guy Kante in midfield, uh, you know it's a four four two that Leicester play. Um, I think he's got to go back with Cockerland, doesn't he? I think so. I'd like to think so. I mean, I, I th- I'd like to think he would have done that irrespective of Flamini's performance today. You know, when I saw Cockerland on the bench. I wondered if it was with half a mind on Leicester. Are we almost protecting him, you know, mm. making sure that he's going to be fit for that game? Because after their result on Saturday, that just feels like a massive, massive match now. I mean, what did you make of that? What did you make of them going to City and winning 3-1? Uh, it's amazing, really. What they're doing is is amazing. I think it's, mm. you know, obviously from an Arsenal point of view, it would be good if they weren't doing it. But I think when you step back and you look at it, it's actually, it's pretty fucking great. You know, uh, that a team like that built the way it's been built with a manager who, when he came, like the, the, the established football journalists couldn't wait to make jokes about how he was going to be the first man fired and how he was basically a laughing stock. And, you know, I guess they're probably looking at the situation that they're in and going, fuck, you know, how exactly did this happen? 
But mm. you know, from a footballing point of view, I think I think it's I think it's brilliant, and I think the the uh, you know it's good when we see that money isn't necessarily the only thing that's important in football. Um, but I do I do wish people would just look at it on its own merits and say, look, this is just a fantastic thing that Leicester are doing, rather than comparing it to all the other teams who've got more money and have spent more on transfers and have done this, that and the other and have more um, established or more celebrated managers. You know, I think that kind of takes away from what, from what Leicester are doing. I mean, the result against City was, uh, was amazing, no? Yeah, I, because, you know, they had these two away games, City and Arsenal and I'll be honest, in the back of my mind I was thinking, well, this might be where it starts to unravel. I've been saying that for about three months to myself and they just keep going and they, when they have had little setbacks, they've recovered superbly. Um, I I mean, they have to be taken super seriously now, don't mm. they? I mean, I, I, you know, having with that Philip of that win over City, the confidence that will give them, they seem to play completely without fear. You know, I think it's, it's almost become a cliche, but this thing of once you've fought relegation at one end of the table... Uh, a title race is, is a breeze by comparison yeah. in terms of the pressure that you face and you can see that in the way they're playing and, and uh, yeah they, they just look well they look very difficult to stop and it's going to be really fascinating when they come to the Emirates next weekend yeah I mean that is going to be a hugely hugely important game isn't it I mean it's it's pivotal in both seasons you know if Arsenal win next weekend against Leicester the lead is two points and mm-hmm. then we, we'll see maybe how how Leicester We'll cope with that kind of pressure. Um, you know, if, if Leicester get the result, then phew, Jesus, you know, it's uh, there's still a lot of football to play, a lot of points to play for. But you know, you'd really have to you'd have to fancy them simply because they've just they just don't have any pressure. They've no distractions. They've no worries about Europe or anything like that. Um, so uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a going to be a hugely exciting game. Probably the biggest ever Arsenal Leicester fixture that I can remember. Anyway. Certainly, certainly. I mean, probably since the uh, 2004, the last season, last game of the Invincibles campaign, where we uh, oh yeah had to come through that one, and they they gave us a right scare, Paul Dickov, on that day. That's right, but former but, gunner Paul Dickov. Absolutely, but I mean, just looking at the table now, they're they're significantly clear of fifth place. I mean, you'd have to think that they probably will finish in the top four now, and that alone is a monumental achievement. Mm. Um, just extraordinary, really. And I mean. Where are we now? February, and there's it's impossible to predict how this race is going to play out. Mm, isn't it interesting? I don't know if you saw the stories, um, and I don't know if they've necessarily been 100% confirmed, but I think we've taken two of Leicester's scouting staff. Uh, we, we've we've poached them, as they say. Yeah. Um, and that's that's interesting. Because, Certainly um, the first one was mm. definitely true. Uh, I can't remember the name of the guy, but was that, it that definitely Wigglesworth happened. or Wigglesworth? Or... Yeah, that one, that one has happened. Uh, I think he's not quite yet started working for us. but um, And he's a guy who's worked on the analytical side for Leicester. I think increasingly uh, Arsenal are trying to look to employ those methods as well as, you know, just getting players out to watch games. I think there's a lot of data analysis going on now in terms yeah. of recruitment. Um, some suggestions even that that might have played a part in the acquisition of Mohamed El Nenny, that kind of data. Um, Ooh, really? Yeah, which would be an interesting one. Mm. But I... Um, well, there's a thing. Yeah. Where, where was he? I mean, he was not He was not in the squad. Apparently, his wife just had a baby. So Good could, birth, yeah. Yeah. Could that have so been that, I think 
I think that was probably it. That's probably it. Although, you know, he hasn't figured too much. So I, I do wonder how much we'll see of him between now and the end of the season. But um, yeah, I, I think that's a good sign because the, the signings they've made have been superb. I mean, you mentioned Kante before, probably the signing of the season in terms of what he's he's brought to their midfield. And then Riyad Mahrez, who they picked up when they were a championship side, you know, and mm. uh, just has been absolutely outstanding, as good as anyone. Really. Well, you know what? I wouldn't be at all surprised regardless of what happens this summer or what what happens the rest of this season, if Mares isn't one of our big targets this summer. Would you say so? I, I, I I'd so. love to think so. I think so. I think I, so. I think he's got a... Well, I mean, he certainly would fit into the style of play, wouldn't he? He plays with that swagger and that style. Yeah, yeah. And he, he scores goals from midfield from wide areas, which is something that we definitely need. It was very interesting. Arsene Wenger talking about strikers. And he was saying, look, in the, in the market on January, uh, I don't really see anyone out there who's, who's better than what we've got, which is a, which is a fair point. Um, but he was talking about goals from other areas and from other players and, and how we haven't really had enough of those. Um, so I think there's definitely a deficit of goals from from players in wide areas. But, uh, you know, we got one today. Obviously, Oxley chamberlain was uh, was picked on the right-hand side and, and he chipped in with a goal, Mesut with his sixth of the season. So, you know, this is this is what we talked about all week, wasn't it? That when the strikers don't score, uh, it's the supporting cast that have to come in and, and make a contribution. And they did that today. And that was uh, that's what got us the three points. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't think it was a particularly great game overall. I mean, those two goals, you know, you wait 347 minutes for an Arsenal goal and then two come along in the space of a minute or something. Mm. Either side of that, I didn't think we were scintillating. I thought Bournemouth were good and workmanlike and played some decent stuff, but it wasn't a thriller of a game. But this was all about getting back on the winning trail, really, and uh, starting to recover that league position because before kickoff, you know, we're in fourth place and eight points behind. So, mm. um, you know, now if we win next weekend, two points behind the leader. So it's it's been a good turnaround and uh, hopefully the start of another positive run, which is what we really need. Yes, yes, absolutely. We just needed to get back to, to winning ways today and to get a to get a win under our belts. And uh, and that's exactly that's exactly what we did. So it sets it up nicely then for next weekend. Anything else in particular st- uh, stick out for you uh, from uh, today? Trying to have a think, really. Um, I don't think so, really. Other, than, I mean, it's interesting. I thought Theo Walcott barely involved in the game at all. Oxley Chamberlain given the chance over him. Uh, you know, I think Arsene seems to have finally recognised that the, the dire straits his form is in. Yeah, um, he was sent and, to uh, sent to warm up in the 60th minute, and he came yeah. on with 30 seconds of injury time remaining. Yeah, that was our Sky sort of showed him, didn't they? It's just that he might be mm. going on, and then, and then we waited and waited and waited, and you know, I think he he might be back in that position where the manager doesn't necessarily trust him especially when we're protecting a league so a league a lead um so yeah that uh, you know interesting day for him especially with oxlade chamberlain scoring and presumably nudging himself ahead of walcott in the in the pecking order for that spot Mm, there are some uh, some questions about uh, individual players but i think we'll wait till the second part of the show to do those um but but um let's just move sideways a little bit away from what happened against Leicester or against uh, who the hell was it? Bournemouth. 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 Um, we've got Leicester on our minds. I think that's what it is. We're all like <laughs> just Leicestered up. I don't know what it yeah, is. Yeah, it's all about Leicester now. Mm. Um, but uh, obviously, something happened midweek with Arsenal uh, and the the surcharge for the Barcelona tickets. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arsenal back down um, this time. I don't think they're going to do that again. Um, you know, firstly, as a season ticket holder, what what did you make of that? 
I'll be honest, I found it very galling. I found it very irritating. I, you know, I understand the arguments of, you know, there is some precedent here. There, you know, there, these reg, these rules are in place, but I think the timing of it was particularly poor, especially after the moving of the Leicester game. I know that wasn't the club's fault directly, but that felt like a real blow to fans, a situation where fans weren't considered. And then this followed up just a few weeks later. And I think it was kind of a tipping point, really. And Mm. and I'll be honest, I was pleased with the reaction, the strength of the reaction from the Arsenal fans. I think that, you know, it's awful when supporters are paying these huge amounts of money and they kind of sleepwalk through it uh, and they kind of complain about it in a very muted way I think if you're not happy Mm. you've got to let that be known and sometimes that will pay off for you as as it did in this case yeah I mean it was was very interesting wasn't it that oh there's a oh John Terry claiming handball in the box from Daily Blind oh he's right Blind is there with his arms up and his shot was deflected just wide for a corner that could have been a penalty anyway I think what was interesting was that how unified people became because we know within the Arsenal fan base there are various divisions and factions of course depending mm. on, on what you think about one thing or another um, but this seemed to bring everybody more or less together I thought the tone of the Arsenal uh, email announcing that you know this time we we're aware there's confusion or fans don't understand etc etc i thought that was a bit patronizing to be honest there was a yeah. little, little bit of like oh well you know you'll have to uh, you'll have to suck this up next time it happens because it will happen again because these are the rules and this is this is what what's going to happen but that it was the right thing to do given the way that this was implemented, given the way that it was communicated. And, you know, the big fear that I always had was that this was going to, this would become the lightning rod. Uh, the team necess- uh, would become a lightning rod for the frustration that people feel at uh, decisions like this that are made at board level. Because I have no way of, um, what's the word I'm looking for, of, of connecting or communicating directly with those people because they're insulated in in this bubble, right? They're there. And Cronky's thousands of miles away, moving the you know the Rams from St. Louis to um, to, to Los Angeles. Mm. Uh, so he's got. He, he, what does he care? He doesn't give a fuck. He's going. Well, yeah, it'll be another seven hundred thousand. Bring it in. Um, so I think you know, had they kept that going and things hadn't gone well in a game or two, particularly in that Barcelona game, it would have made for a really noxious atmosphere, and the club would have had no uh, nobody to blame there but themselves. Absolutely. I mean, I even felt a little for Arsene Wenger, who had to come out in a press conference and face questions about it. You know, it's not his decision. Um, he's protecting the board to an extent. He, he becomes a lightning rod in that situation. Mm. So I, I think uh, it's for the best. I, I agree with you. I thought the tone of Arsenal's email wasn't great. It kind of felt like a begrudging concession. Yeah. Um, oh, it definitely t- was. Yeah. At a time when, you know, a ludicrous amount of money is about to come into the club, all the Premier League clubs this summer, uh, from the new TV deals and the international deals. And there really is no need to scrimp and save. And, you know, interesting, I thought the Liverpool fans, you know, they were unhappy about the ticket prices they played for their game with Sunderland at the weekend. They all walked out 77 minutes. And you saw that have a very direct impact on the team. Well, yeah, wasn't uh, that wasn't that really interesting? You know that yeah. Liverpool two 0 up, cruising to victory against a team battling against relegation. The fans walk out, and you know maybe you could say maybe you could argue. Well, you, you can't say for sure that this was uh, they conceded those two goals because the fans walked out. But you know it's hard not to look at those two events in, in isolation, and it does highlight the importance of the fans in the stadium behind their team 
and not feeling like they're at odds with their football club. Because regardless of what you think about board members or managers or whether you want a new manager or you don't want a new manager, when you're in the stadium, you want your team to win and you're behind Mm. your team. And, Mm. you know, there are always people who are going to give out and and complain and there are those sort of characters. But, you know, clearly when you've got everybody together, it's for the benefit of of the team on the pitch. When the Liverpool fans walked out, they conceded two goals in the last 12 minutes. I don't know if that made a a huge point. I don't know if that's the kind of point Liverpool fans would have liked to make. I'm sure they wanted their team to win, but it was certainly an illustration that, look, if you fuck around with fans too much, that, that there is a breaking point for people. And it wasn't, yeah. just, it wasn't just a few. It wasn't just a, f- a few people walking out. It was 10,000 or 12,000 fans walked out of that stadium. You know, it was a, re- a remarkable thing to see. Well, I've got, I've got to applaud those fans for that. I think it's great to take a stance. And, you know, it's difficult because those fans have paid for those tickets. They don't want to miss the game. Mm. They, they, wa- they want to cheer their team on, but they've got to make their voices heard somehow. And I think uh, that they went about it in a, in a really good way. And their team paid the price, as you say, a great illustration of the value of importance, how, how important it is to keep that unity there. Mm. I mean, to bring it back to Leicester, anyone who's been to their stadium this season will tell you the atmosphere there is absolutely electric at the moment and that, that harmony is vital. And of course, vital to marketing the Premier League as a product. It's, you know, the, the fans have been taken for granted to an extent mm. and uh, that can't be allowed to continue, really. Well, yeah. And it will be interesting because it is about marketing. It is about the brand. It is about the image. You know, the Liverpool thing, turning uh, turning fans into customers, Mm. I think was their thing. And then it became turning consumers into fans when, you know, they were pulled up on it. And that's the outlook of of the people that own football clubs now. And that's the reality that, that we have to face as fans is that people who own football clubs, they're not they're not fans anymore. You know, there's no, there are a few Jack Walkers. The guy at Stoke maybe is a big Stoke fan and he can bankroll them from a position of, of being a Stoke fan for his entire life. But, you know, there aren't the guys, the, the people that own the shares in Arsenal are not Arsenal fans. They don't care about Arsenal as a club. They care about Arsenal as a brand, as a franchise, as a business, as, you know, uh, as something that can generate income and revenue. And that's true of most Premier League owners now. And, if they start looking at what happened uh, uh, at Anfield and realise, hey, there is a point beyond which where this is damaging to us, then maybe that's the only way to make them see some kind of sense. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And I think, you know, it would be a shame if it comes to something like that at Arsenal. But uh, it, it may well have to because supporters have to make their views heard somewhere yeah. or other. All right, that's enough for part one. We're going to take a a little break and we'll be back with part two right after this. All right, welcome back to the Arscast Extra. This is the part of the show where we answer the questions that you send to us on Twitter, at GunnarBlog and at ArsBlog. But this is also the moment of the show where we ask you, the listener who, who listens... By your very nature, that's what you do. If you do like this show, if you like what we do every week, please give us a, a rating or a review on iTunes. Number one, it's good for our uh, iTunes chart thing. Number mm-hmm. two, it makes it makes us smell better. Number three, it's good for our rampant egos. And number four, James? Uh, it'll make you feel good. Yes, you'll feel you'll good. you a nice thing. Yeah, you'll feel good about yourself. Yeah. And isn't that most important in a way? That is. It's good that we're allowing people to do something that will make them feel good about themselves by doing something good for us. 
I feel good. I feel good. We're good guys like that. Yeah. Yes, we are. We are. So So give us a good rating. Yeah. Or review. People say nice things actually sometimes on iTunes. Do they? Yeah. Nice things on the internet. Yeah, I know. It's bizarre. I meant to. I meant to get a couple actually because I was. I did laugh at a couple of them. Um, that if you go to the iTunes store and you have a look at the, you have a look at the reviews and the ratings, and you can see mm. some of the comments that that people leave. I think one of them said, eh, "It's a good podcast. I really like that Scottish guy." <laughs> <laughs> um, Interesting. Yeah, yeah. But there you go. Anyway, look, we'll leave that to people uh, to go and to go and do that. Um, right. It's questions. questions, questions, questions. It's question time. It's a bit tricky because we're recording at an unusual time, so the, peop- the people weren't ready with their questions. No, they're going for their Sunday roasts after watching the game, and it's like roast beef with Yorkshire puddings and roast potatoes and gravy and all kinds. And tomorrow morning there's going to be mass disappointment. A load of questions are going to be submitted, and we're going to have to say, I'm sorry, it's too late. Yeah. I won't be here, but maybe you can just sit and answer them all day on your own. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'll do. I've got nothing better to do anyway. So great. So great, I'll do great, that. Great, great, great. Just do a live Q and A session. That's what lovely. Thanks for taking taking the hit on that one. Yeah. Um, I'll start, shall I? Yeah, sure, sure. I'm taking the initiative, seizing it. Yeah, do it. Um, okay, this one's from Jonas Steen or Stein. You never know with that, do you? He's uh, yeah. Trom- Tromso Jonas. Tromso in Norway. Right, Do you remember so, Tromso? Tromso played Chelsea once, and it was the snowiest football match I've ever seen. Yes, I think I remember that. Yeah. Did they win? Uh, I think Chelsea won, yeah. But I think they also, I think they won Torre Andre Flo. I think they sort of took him home with them, effectively. <laughs> they, were so enjo- they so enjoyed his length, the length of him as a man. Yeah. Uh, that's a misleading thing to say. Anyway, he asks, speaking of tall men, should Perma Saka start against Leicester? Wow, that's an interesting question, isn't it? Because I, I too, have a, a similar-ish question. It comes from, we can deal with this one, it comes from You Are My Arsenal, who is at You Are My Arsenal, which mm-hmm. is, that's handy if that's your name and also your username. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, and he says, okay, I'll get in once, once, Uh <laughs> He said... Reluctant, he's reluctant. Yeah, he's but like yeah. the Arsenal board not charging us for Barcelona. Yeah. He'll do it, but he's not happy about I'm it. I'm not happy about doing this, but I'll do it anyway. And he said okay. he wants to know, are we worried about Gabriel's propensity for allowing attackers goal side of him? So uh, the Per Mertesacker thing, right? Uh, the manager has had to play Gabriel in the absence of Mertesacker after his suspension. And has kept yep. him in the side. He's decided to give him a little run of games. And I think he's done okay. But there's, there's nearly always a moment, isn't there, in every game where he he kind of gets a bit roasted or where where something bad happens. Or, you know, and I think we've gotten away with it uh, for the most part in, in the games. But he does worry me a little bit. And part of me goes, well, maybe, you know, he put Mertesacker in a bit more of a calm, assured presence in there. And then the other part of me is like, well, maybe he just needs a, f- a few more games. But I, 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 I'm I'm, not yet convinced 100% by by Gabriel and Koscielny together. Um, I think it's my fault, you know, because do you remember we had a question a couple of weeks ago about what we thought of Gabriel and I was raving about him saying I thought he was ready and mm. I've been really impressed by him and he should get a run in the side. And uh, since then, he has had a run in the side and I haven't been utterly convinced. I actually think 
he has looked a bit dodgy at times. Not, I mean, I, you know, I wouldn't go as far as say he's played badly, but like you say, some hairy moments, definitely. And I thought he struggled a little against Southampton, even though it was a nil-nil. There were moments where he was one-on-one with the likes of Shane Long and looked a little bit uncomfortable. Mm. And I really thought Mertzaka would be back in for the Bournemouth game. Um, and yet he wasn't. Mm. So what, what do we read into that? Is that just... Arsene, is he unhappy with Mertzaka after he was sent off against Chelsea? Do you think he's punishing him? or um, I, I don't think he's punishing him. I don't think it's anything like that. I think it's just, you know, Gabriel has come in, done okay, and maybe look today at, you know, a couple of speedy attackers. I mean, I do, that that sort of gives me pause for thought, you know, when it comes to to Mertesacker and and Vardy and uh, the other guy is quite quick as well. Azimaraz is quick. Um, And when you look at the two goals, well, certainly the first goal that we conceded against Leicester away from home, it was Vardy down the left-hand side and he he got away from Mertesacker from a a pace point of view. So I do Mm -hmm. wonder if he's going to look at keeping the pace of Gabriel in the side. What about that tackle from Hector Bellerin? When Gabriel did get roasted that time, Hector Bellerin put the the burners on. Brilliant. Amazing Um, recovery. I mean, yeah, I I wondered if Gabriel's run on the side might have been connected to the Barcelona game, you know, the the speed of Suarez, Messi, Neymar, if that was something that potentially he was thinking about there. But Mm. I don't know. I mean, he does seem to have decided... I would never go as far as to say, you know, sometimes we get questions saying, oh, is this the end of Perma, Saka or anything like that? I would never say that. But I do feel like he's obviously decided to give Gabriel and Koscielny a run and there must be a strategic reason for that maybe even just he feels the need to freshen it up after a number of games without a win I, I don't know yeah, why freshen that up and leave Flamini in though come yeah. on <laughs> that makes that makes no sense I concur what's going on uh, there so what do you think do you think do you think he'll be back next weekend or <sighs> after a clean sheet after another clean sheet today so two clean sheets consecutively now that's it you know I mean there was that moment but generally I thought Gabrielle's passing was a little bit was a little bit off and I do wonder mm. just if there's just a touch of Vermalen and Cassiani to Vermalen and uh, Gabrielle um, mm. but you think back to the Chelsea game you think back to the high line you think back to the sending off I I think he might stick with Gabrielle. Do you? Mm. What do you think? Uh, yeah. I, I, the thing is, if, if Arsene likes to be quite meritocratic in his in his selections, and I I can't see a good enough reason to change it. Really, I think having stuck with it for Southampton and Bournemouth, it does make sense to stick with it for Leicester. And the pace of Vardy is a factor. You know, we all remember that that Leicester goal where he absolutely torment Sacre apart, you know, on, on that flank, and I wonder if that's stuck in Arsenal's mind too. Yeah. So maybe, maybe it will be Gabriel. But if I mean, it was me, yeah. I think I'd, I think I'd probably bring Mertzaka back in. I, I think I would too. I'm just trying to think what the manager would do. Uh, I think that mm. was the question. You know, it's not if we pick the team. You know, no. if we pick the team, it would be very different. Very I different. Mean, we'd probably be in it, wouldn't we? Fucking right. Centre half pairing of McNicholas oh, and Mangan. Yeah. No, I want to play number nine. Goal hanger. No. No. <laughs> You're not allowed. Uh, I've 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 seen no no. You've seen me play that. Yeah, fine. and if you if you're worried about pace in the side when Mertesacker's in it, whew, you, you'd be, we'd fucking make you shit your pants from the first minute onwards. I mean, I'd probably bench myself for the Jamie Vardy game. Definitely. <laughs> oh, oh, leave me hanging. Thanks. Yeah, great. <laughs> Cheers. I'll take the flag Enjoy on that. Twitter. Yeah. 
Enjoy that one. Um, yeah, so that's that's what I think is uh, that's what I think is going to happen there. So okay, wow, yeah. Um, uh, before we get another question, Thomas Rosicki, that was a bit sad, wasn't it? Oh, more than a bit sad. Did you, you watch the video? Oh, oh God, heartbreaking. There's <laughs> a moment where he just looks off into the distance or d- sort of down, and you sort of think. Oh, God, should we be watching this? This is, feels intrusive. He's going to break down. It, it could um, only have been sadder if they'd played the Incredible Hulk theme tune. Yeah, the you, walking away. The music, walking yeah, away, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, if was, they played that like, during that interview, I think I would have just been like, I would have, I think I would have cried. Balling. Yeah. 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 Hang on. I'm going I'm to play least, it here if people haven't heard it. Here we go. We're going we're gonna to get it now. So, Thomas, um, you're never going to play again. How do you feel about that? (laughs) It's terrible. Oh, God, I can't even listen to it now. Think about Thomas's sad face now. No, I can't. I can't. I have to just pretend it didn't happen. It's too tragic. I can't face the reality of it. Hang on, hang on. Here's here's the really sad bit. Wait, goes up a key. (laughs) Oh, God. It's haunting. It's haunting. Just clutching his hamstring. Oh, God, I can't Just listen to anymore. trade him again. Oh, poor Thomas. I feel really feel really bad for him. I hope he can come back and, and play another game. It would be great if we could keep the season alive and, you know, imagine a Rosicki goal at the end of the season to, to win the title. Wouldn't that be some fairy tale? Oof. Yes, please. I'll sign up for that. Mm. Uh, but we need a question, don't we? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Is it from from me or from you? I think it's. Uh, I think I'll I'll do one. Um, okay, on, I've got find one actually. Yeah, hang on. Here we go. All right, this one comes from Eric, who's at Eric Lewish, mm-hmm. and he says tragedy strikes. No, not just the one to uh, Thomas Rosicki. Tra- mm. tra- tragedy strikes, and the squad can only use their weaker feet. I presume that means to kick the ball rather than to, to run, because otherwise they'd just be hopping. Who fares the best and who's the worst? Great question. I mean, so the obvious answer for who fares the best is Santi Cazorla, if yeah. he's even allowed as an answer. Oh, he has to be allowed. Has to. Fine. Because he's so ambidextrous, it's almost cheating. But yeah, I think he would be... Ambifootstress, uh, James. That's the... Sorry, sorry, yes. Uh, I use the incorrect term. But what, who, I mean, he's so obvious that I'm inclined to ask if, you, if there's anyone who's close to him in yeah, terms of that. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it out there, Petr Cech. Okay. Because as a because goalkeeper, he's, he's got to practice. And I don't know, look, I can pass a ball with my left foot. I'm reasonably good at passing a ball with my left foot. But when you right. ask me to launch a ball, like if you were going to make a clearance or if you were taking a goal kick, then I do that weird thing where you run up to it and you look like... You know, you've never played the game before. Can't get the stride right. Yeah, I just can't do yeah. it. And, I, you know, check. you look at him and he, he's able to clear with, with both feet really well. You don't get that, uh, oh, God, is he going to make good contact or not that you've had with some of the other Arsenal goalkeepers. So uh, I, I would say Petr Cech would be close enough. What what did you make of Czech uh, dribbling out down the field? That was an interesting sight. We haven't seen that many times, have we? No. He, Do you remember that from the yeah, Bournemouth game? Yeah. Um, I, I liked it. I pretty much like everything that Petr Cech does. Uh, but West Antone asks, Petr Cech's 12th clean sheet for us. How important was he for us again today? And we'll come back to the uh, to the feet question. 
Uh, I mean, as important as he always is, like, especially with this uncertainty about the central defensive partnership with Cockerclan out the side, he's, you know, he, he is the defensive spine of the team at present. And um, 12 clean sheets really is absolutely excellent, isn't it? I mean, you'd... Well, considering, you'd, yeah. Considering what's going on. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I can't speak highly enough of him. We you know we only made the one signing last summer, but but what a signing mm. it's t- turned out to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, two great saves towards the end. Yeah. You know, there was one with his feet and then one down at his at his near post. You know, on the one hand, you'd say, look, it's, it's fucking great to see a goalkeeper do that, and it's brilliant to see him do it, you know, consistently. He's made a big difference to this team, I think, uh, in terms of defensive security. What you would perhaps ask is... Do we want our goalkeeper to be that busy? You know, um, of course, of course you don't. You don't. You don't. Ideally, you don't want to notice him. Yeah. Um, a decent one in the first half as well. From uh, was it? Oh yeah, 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 Had yeah. Shot from outside the box. Tipped it over. Yeah. Yeah. Very acrobatic. I um, love him. I, I put up a, a tweet actually on uh, just after he made that save, and uh, I just wrote, "I love Petr Cech." And then I favorited <laughs> this Chelsea fan who's still got a who's still got a, a an avatar of Mourinho. She's a, I, I don't know if it's a guy or a girl, but it's uh someone who likes Chelsea. Oh, it's Miss something, so she's gotta be a girl. Um she loves Chelsea and the Orlando Pirates FC. Yeah. Okay. Or she That's has combo. Sangue Azul, so she's got blue bu- blue blood. Oh, ah. right. Anyway, she just replied to it going, Ugh. <laughs> so I like that. Yeah. It, I like that it upsets uh, Chelsea fans. That yeah, we've got of course, him. Mm. we've got him. He's ours. We're not letting go. Yes. Um, okay. So he'd be your tip for the weak foot challenge. Yeah. He Cazorla aside, who I think is the obvious one. There's nobody. There's nobody who's going to do it better than than Cazorla because uh, you know, Hleb was a good, was a very good two footed player. Actually, he was. Not quite as good as Cazorla, but he was he was really good with both feet. He Not was, much but he else. He never really struck the ball true. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like he was he was always sort of poking it here and there, and little side foot passes. But he wasn't someone who would ever put. Th- I mean, he, he didn't he didn't like to shoot Clive, did he? It was sort of a yeah. aversion to it. Yeah. Okay, so who's who's not good at this? Now I'm going to say, and ironically, because I feel like having one of his feet amputated seems inevitable. Jack Wilshire. Not great with his right foot, That's, is it? Yeah, left-footed players tend to be yeah. really one-footed, don't they? I think they're just not pushed, are they? They're not pressed to be two-footed in the same way. Everyone's so delighted they're left-footed. Yeah, because you know what is it? What is it? What's the uh, term? Um, a wand of a left foot, or what's a cultured left foot? How, I'm sorry, yeah. I should of course uh, should of course have known that because of the the, the great Arsenal blog, a cultured left foot. Um, yeah. But yeah, I my, mean, my cultured left foot that you've seen from me playing. Football yes, of course, well. of course. I didn't realise you were left-footed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think that's 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 true. A little bit of, of left-footed players, I would say. Like if I, yeah, who else? I wouldn't imagine. Theo Walcott is great with his left foot. No, I can't remember too many goals he scored with it. That's certainly for sure. Mm. Um, Ooh, Chelsea player's gone down, really badly injured by the looks of it. Uh-oh, this is not good for whoever this is. It could be Zuma. He went in doing a flying kick of a clearance and he nearly kicked someone in the head and then he's landed and he's... Ah, oh, oh, he is, he's actually screaming. Is this sort of... Are we talking... Uh, ligament kind of affair. I, I suspect this could be one of those where he lands and his his leg straightens or something like that. You know, one of those ones. Yeah, they're all they're all waving on. 
and they're oh Hazard's just done the roly roly sub motion. Oh, they're playing a, a replay of it here. Oh, oh Jesus! Oh fuck! Oh Christ! They just showed What's a replay happened? of it. He he landed. You know when you land and then your knee bends backwards. Oy. Oh my god! Oh, oh and god, that's I'm one of the watching. that was one of the worst ones I think I've ever seen. Oh, that was bad. No wonder he was screaming. Fuck. Oh, uh, dear. Yeah, they're, they're saying bring a stretcher on. Oh, my God. Please don't show it again because I have that. I, do you ever have that thing where you watch like fail videos and, and people falling and people and you get the kind of the, the sensation in the pit of your stomach? Uh, yeah. when, when they yeah. land, you sort of it's like that when you wake up from a, a dream and you're like, Whoa! because you think you're falling. A bit like that. Yeah, I, I have get that, that all the time. I have that all the time. This was a bit like that. Watching that, it was like, uh, uh, oh, gross. Oh, poor I mean, guy. Adam yeah. Hurry, who's the very funny at football cliches on Twitter, says all possible hand signals for the stretcher have now been used. Yeah. Um, I, oh, that's a, I mean, look, I know it's Chelsea, but that's Yeah, I'm just, like I'm just looking here. I'm just looking here. Uh, Billy Dunmore at Dunmore or less just said, oh, yeah. fuck, that gave me goosebumps. It wasn't good. It made my stomach flip actually watching that. Poor guy. Anyway, what were we talking about? I don't know. All I can think of is my knee inverting. Yeah. Um, Have you uh, ever done we, that? No, no, I can still walk. Yeah. So I don't think so. Yeah. Um, it's almost happened to me once. I've never jumped that high, to be honest. So <laughs> I, I don't think I'm in any real danger. Yeah, it almost uh, happened to me once where I landed and, and it went back, but just just before it went back to the point where it would have gone, it, uh, it, it um, yeah, it, it righted itself out, thankfully. Jesus. Well, look, hopefully, I mean, well, I don't know what to say. I mean, obviously, this just sounds like a real nasty one. Um, weak feet. Yeah, Jack Will should be right up there for me. I mean, who else? Uh, Walcott. Walcott. I think Walcott, yeah. just from a technique point of view, would probably would probably struggle a little bit. Um, mm. Who else? You don't see Kieran Gibbs too much with his right foot. I mean, I think anyone not- who's a left footer yeah. is going to be a contender, aren't they? That's true, and of course, you know, left-footed people they they die earlier as well. So I think it's um, it's the trade-off. Yeah. It's a blessing and a curse. Mm, it is. Uh, okay, so I think that I think we've dealt with that. All right, here, here's a question. This comes from Lance Banner. God, we're on the uh, we're on the Incredible Hulk theme because obviously his father, Doctor David Banner, was sure. the, was the man who was the the Incredible Hulk and had to walk away with sad music playing all the time. Um, and he wants to know. What's with all the chants claiming players are better than Zidane? Has no one seen Zidane play? Good question. Um, by the way, do you know that Eric Banner played Hulk in the film Hulk, and his name's Banner? But it's B-A-N-A, no? I know, but even so. Yeah, it's just kind of yeah. cool. He also um, played uh, Chopper, didn't he? Yeah. In that yeah, film. Yeah. That was a good film. He's, he's had some, he's had some, some good parts. Mm. Anyway... I've seen Zidane play. I've watched that film about Zidane where you do nothing but watch Zidane play. Did you, you watch it? That? No, I haven't. Is it worth watching? It depends how much you like Zidane. I quite liked him, but, you know, I mean, he was an amazing footballer, but he seemed a bit of a it's, nutcase to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, he... Um, it, it didn't Arsenal go and try and sign Zidane when he was at Bordeaux? Oh, no, it hey, wasn't Arsenal. We, it was Blackburn. We tried to sign everyone. That's true. Come That's on. true. 
But I think Blackburn were very close to signing Zidane from Bordeaux and it fell through quite late in the who, day. Who was the manager um, at the time? Kenny Dalglish or someone? Probably Kenny Dalglish. Yeah, it was that sort of era. Wow, imagine um, imagine how Zidane would have thrived under uh, Dalglish. I mean, he could have been imagine him 20 times the player he is or was. Playing alongside Tim Sherwood and Gary Flickcroft. Fuck, I mean, it would have been. I mean, what a football education. Yeah, it really would. Uh, but uh, why all these songs about Zidane? Oh, well, this is of course a reference to the the new Meza Erzl song, yeah. isn't it? Um, which I'm enjoying. It's good. To, it's good to have a song from yeah. Meza Erzl. Um, on which note, I don't think there are there is there a chant for Petr Cech? No, I don't that think must, there is. I, I haven't heard it. If there is, that must be amended. If there are fans out there listening, please get working. What on could that. we do? We could do like D Ream. Uh, things can only get better. I'd love that. I'd love that. Any sort of pun oh, I'm on board with. What a goal by Manchester United. Oh, Lindgaard has just scored a fucking cracking goal. He enjoys a goal, doesn't he, that Lindgaard? I find it confusing that he's English. He doesn't sound like he's going to be Hang English on, what? He's English? Yeah. Right. Isn't he? I don't, I've got no idea. I assumed Anders, he was some kind of Scandinavian. Hang on. Not Anders Lingard, the goalkeeper. No. Another guy. What's the other one called? He's called Lingard, isn't he? He is called Lindgard. You look it up there. But it's a good goal. Cross came in. He held off. Who did he hell off? Oh, the uh, the oh, Aspilicueta turned. And as he's falling, fires in a shot right into the top corner. Oh, just inside the post. So Jesse that's a goal for Manchester. Jesse Lingard. So where's he from? Is he English? Cheshire, I think. Cheshire? Yeah. But it's confusing because they've got a goalkeeper called Lindegaard and mm. he's, you know, d- not from Cheshire. It wasn't him. I'm just, just saying. So you're telling me a goalkeeper scored and a player's <laughs> knee exploded. I'm going to watch match of the day later based it's, on it's your It's all there. It's report. all there. What were we talking um, about? Oh, a song oh, from Petr Cech. Song from Cech. Why do people keep singing songs about Zinedine Zidane? Yeah. Because it's quite a good name for rhyming, presumably. Well, like, yes. Yeah, yeah. It rhymes with man, crucially, in, our, in the Arsenal. He's Arsene Wenger's man. He's better than Zidane. And understand. It rhy- exactly. rhymes with that. So I don't know who else who else uh, it could have um, been. Former Portsmouth forward, Aruna Dindan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe we should adapt the song yeah. to be about Aruna Dindan yeah. so that, you know, everyone knows that he's deaf because Ozil's definitely better than Aruna Dindan. Yeah. He's better than former Portsmouth uh, forward Aruna Dindan. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, that'd be good. I mean, it's it 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 it, it scans. I think that's the main thing. Because I think you know, there's a Dan thing. There is some room for debate, but with the Dindan, very clear, Ozil is better. So if from now on, if we could sing that instead, could it be though that the football fans or the people that came up with that song are using uh, an exaggerated example to uh, to to big up Me- uh, Mesut Ozil's uh, talent? You know, it's just it's a sort of tongue-in-cheek reference to Zidane, despite the fact that it rhymes. You know, they're they're just sort of being a bit funny, like football fans can be. Oh, Diego well, Costa! <laughs> What's he done now? He's fallen over and won a free kick, and it was the most obvious thing that he was going to do. And Blind has just got booked for it. Oh, old oh, Danny Blind, so naive, so naive. You've fallen for Diego's tricks. Yeah, just outside the box as well. So, um, yeah, that's the why. What, what do we want to happen in this game? I think I'd like a Chelsea goal now. That would be good. That just means to, nobody wins. That means nobody wins, and you know everybody's vaguely unhappy. And a, a Chelsea mm. goal now at sixty-three minutes. You know, 
it would leave both teams. Uh, whereas if Chelsea scored in the last minute, they would feel reasonably happy at having um, at having scored. You know that that sort of joy of getting a late equaliser. It, it feels much better than it actually is. You know. I know. I know. Willian is over the free kick. He's good at them. Oh. Oh, good ball in, and it's gone out for a corner. Anyway, uh, Zidane, that's it, yes. I think they're just having a laugh, aren't they? I think so. I think so. Um, all I right, mean, have you got another question? or? I mean, I've got this one from Steve Moore. Steve Moore at Steve Moore 4116 He's always firing a question, isn't he, Steve? He says, would you rather Spuds won the title, don't worry, there is a second half, or you discover that Phil Collins is your biological father? Well, I don't want uh, Tottenham to win the title at all, and families being estranged from each other are no big thing. So, yeah, Phil Collins can be my dad. I'm still not going to talk to him. I still won't like him the air tonight. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> I think I've done. I think I've done. I actually didn't get any of that answer. You didn't uh, because your your voice went all weird. But all I all I got was let's move on. So I assume you dealt with it. I did. I dealt with it in in epic fashion. I have to say. Great, um, great news. Yeah. So, um, all right. I think uh, maybe I've got one more. Do I have one more? Um, boom, boom. Yeah, I did have it here. Okay. All right. This comes from Bob Malin or Bob Maline. And he mm. wants to know, if you and James were shrunken in a freak science accident, would you rather have to fight your way back to safety through Louis Van Hal's hair or Donald Trump's? Wow. And what would we be fighting against in that hair? Well, that's that's the question, isn't it? I guess in Trump's hair, there'll be all kinds of nits and lices and things. But he doesn't have as much hair as Van Hal. I was looking at Van Hal's hair today, just before the game, and I was very impressed at the, the volume and height of it. He's got quite high hair. It's quite an extraordinary hairstyle, isn't it, mm. that, he's, that he's cultivated? Um I think we'd get through Trump's. Trump's, I think, is thinner. I think we would we'd manage to, you know, mm. get through their battle the way. I mean, it'd be exciting. I don't and think I'd really like. It. I mean, obviously, this is a this is a throwback to that classic Rick Moranis film, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Of course, which I enjoyed enormously. Mm. Mm. But the thing about Donald Trump's hair is it's almost exactly the same colour as his skin. That's what I've observed about him. Right. So it's hard to see where the hair ends and the skin begins, to be honest with you. However, I feel like looking at it, that that hair's thinning. It's on the way out. It's not got the same sort of sturdiness of Van Hal's. I wouldn't fancy my chances of getting out of Van Hal's hair mm. in a hurry. I feel like you'd be trapped in there. Yeah, I don't think I'd like to be on Donald Trump's head, though. You know, there's so much mad stuff going on there and... You know, I feel like you could you could by osmosis pick up some of his his mentalness. You know, the thing that I think about Louis Van Gaal's hair is like it's the hair of a younger man. Yeah, like it looks like he it looks like a wig, or it looks like he has got someone else's hair. It I looks mean, it's extraordinary. like yeah, it looks like he's gone uh, to the set of Peaky Blinders and said, mm. "Give me one of your hairs." Yeah, you know it does. Yeah, it is. It's, gen it's quite incongruous. His hair. Mm. He's basically also since when he's got a bit of gel in it. It's like sort of Backstreet Boys from the nineteen nineties or something. You know, a little cheeky centre parting. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's just a fascinating 
a fascinating choice. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at, I'm scrolling through pictures now, and it always looks good. It always looks good. He's never, you never catch him with it ruffled or out of, out of place. Mm. Yeah. Immaculately coiffured. Is that a word? It is. Whoa. Hang on. Sorry, that was just my little bit of Backstreet Boys there. Just I mean, thought the fans might like it, you know. I mean, I look. I, I, you can't get enough of that, really. I no. love the Backstreet Boys. There's a, there's a picture on Google I'm looking at now of Arsene Wenger. I looked up Louis van Gaal hair, and for some reason there's a picture of Arsene Wenger with Jurgen Klopp's hair imposed upon him. Oh, hang on. Let me, so you Google Louis van Gaal's hair, or Louis van Gaal hair? I Googled Louis van Gaal haircut. Haircut, okay. Cut could be the... The thing, and you go to the images page, I guess? Yeah, yeah. And then, I mean, I feel like people get different Google results, results at times. It's quite far down the page. I don't think you ever there's a, find it. There's a really disturbing image of, of Jurgen Klopp with his head superimposed onto that of a model sitting on the beach. Do you get that one? <laughs> no, I think that's just in your head. I don't believe you that that exists. No, I, I'm telling you that this exists. Um, and the caption, actually, it's on that uh, the website of the boy Hotspur, my old um, Ole Ole stablemate. And yes. uh, the uh, the caption is Van Hal, you dreadful whore. And it's a picture of of Klopp sitting on a beach um, with his head imposed onto that of a a, a naked model, basically. So this has taken right. a disturbing turn. Oh, I see. I see here. There's an Ars- someone has photoshopped Steve McLaren's hair onto Arsene Wenger. Now that's oh. disturbing. Wow. Why are people doing this? I don't oh, know. Oh, yes, I can see that McLaren one as well. Yeah. It's very strange. Well, in related images, you may see the Ogan Clark one. Yeah. Anyway. Um, anyway, the point being, I, I mean, I don't, I'm not happy with this situation full stop, but I'd rather fight my way out of Trump's hair than Van Hals. Van mm. Hals is too lustrous for me to take on. Well, I'll I'll go with Van Hals here because uh, hell, I like a challenge. Okay. And um, you know, and you don't want to be anywhere near Donald Trump. No, and there's a, there's a good big forehead there because I assume once you fight your way out of uh, uh, Van Hals hair, you come back to normal size. So I wouldn't want to just get to the edge of his hair and fall off. You know, Van Hals got a, a big head there. So look. I think we should leave it there. Um, you, you've got things to be doing. Do you want to tell people what you're doing? Or? Oh, yeah, I will do. I'm going imminently in about an hour's time. I'm going to the north of France via a ferry uh, to volunteer at the refugee camps in Calais and Dunkirk. Um, I am doing like a bit of a fundraising thing as well to raise funds for food and supplies for the refugees there because there's a, a real shortage at the moment. So I'll put that up on my Twitter. If anyone fancies giving it a couple of quid, it all helps. Uh, so I'll be away for seven days doing that, but I'll be back in time for the Leicester game. So I will speak to you on next Monday's show about that. Well, fair play. I think that's a very, uh, very honourable and very decent thing for you to be doing. Give up a week of your time. Um, yeah. in that way. Well, there's no game. There's no game in the interim. So, Well, of course. Not? I mean, look, you put, you put football first and then decided, hey, I'm at a loose end. There is no game, so I'll, I'll go help some people. Indeed. Yeah. F- football first, always. Oh, of course. Of course. Well, listen, good luck there, and uh, I hope everything goes well. And, of course, people can check out your Twitter if they do want to donate and give a, a few bob for that. So, And, uh, and uh, of course, from an Arsenal point of view, it's almost certain I will befall some sort of accident or illness out there. So... You know, we will beat Leicester. Yeah, yeah. Look, you truly are taking one for both teams here: <laughs> the refugees and Arsenal. 
Yeah, of course. That's, All right. that's very like me. It is. It is. All right. Well, look, uh, I'll be here with an Arscast on Friday. We'll be looking ahead to the Leicester game, and James and I will be here next Monday to uh, to talk about that particular game. We'll keep everything crossed uh, between now and then that uh, that it goes well. So uh, until the next one, take it easy. Bye bye.